Thank you, dudes, for coming back to the Limelight Podcast. Joining us today is the guitar player from Thank You Scientist and a couple other side projects that he has um, with example of Ditch, Ditch Tickler and a couple of things that he's doing. Tom Monda. Hey, brother. Happy birthday, too. Howdy, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for spending my birthday with me. Wow. Happy what a, birthday. What a, what a way to make my, myself feel important. Yeah. <laughs> Turning the age of 69, like that's a... I have, captive, I have a captive audience to celebrate my birthday with me. So cool. Yeah, 69 years old and you look fantastic. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been really working on, uh, you know, 69, just really trying to... Get that 69 shine, as they say. <laughs> 69 shine. Get it polished off and everything. <laughs> oh, so, so polished. My, my, my webcam doesn't do me justice, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, I mean, you've, I, you, there's a lot to talk about with you, man. I, thank you for coming on and taking the time, obviously, especially on your you birthday. Thank you guys for inviting me. And uh, how, how are you guys uh, hanging in there with the, this, the whole quarantine situation? How's it been on your end? Yeah, not too bad. You know, just living. I don't got it. So that's a good start. That's always good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, we're um, able to book a lot of guests too with the podcast. Yeah. And then Zach and I uh, jam on the side and everything. So with cover stuff. So, I mean, it's it's been pretty, I don't know, like it's been pretty enjoyable so far. But I would like the, the whole touring world to go back to normal. I would like the industry to resume. This is insane, man. Yeah, man. I uh, I have to say I'm not too optimistic about it. You know, I I just uh, I don't have anything to say really other than that. I'm just not too optimistic about it coming back for a while. You I know? know, and you um, guys you guys actually um, put out a a uh, festival for 2021 too, the Beard Fest. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm hoping by then everything's gonna be back to normal. But uh, you know, we had some other tour stuff, not stuff that I can specifically talk about, but we had some mm-hmm. tour stuff that's you know obviously. It, we had something that was supposed to happen, last, you know, a couple months ago, but then this whole thing kicked off and it's pushed back to early next year. But who knows what the situation is going to be? Um, so we're just kind of using the opportunity to sort of, you know, at least me personally, I've been, you know, getting together with the guys to try to write the next record and, and yeah, just trying to kind of invest the time forward as much as we can. I mean, that's all we really can. I mean, I guess that's what you guys are doing too, right? Get as many guests as you can on this, on the podcast and, and, Take advantage of the of the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely taking advantage of the time. I mean, that's really all you can do at this point. But um, so you're you're in New Jersey, correct? Right. That is correct. Yeah, born so, and raised. I I kind of have to agree with the uh, the whole just like the not being optimistic about everything coming back because when Philly did the uh, they just straight up were like that February 2021. Yeah, we're not gonna have anything until then. That was like kind of what like threw me back a little bit and i was like whoa <laughs> nobody yeah. else had done that yet you know it, it's totally crazy and uh but i told but it's the right thing to do you know we Absolutely. have to right now. we have to sort of like look past you know all the short-term boohoos woe is me kind of shit and you know i don't i don't want to i don't want to risk making ten dollars playing a show and killing someone's grandma that, that doesn't seem uh that not seem worth it at not, all not worth it so you know, I'd rather let's just, you know, I wish everybody just can put on a big face and sort of, you know, just be responsible. But it seems like, uh, I don't know, we're in a weird place as a country right now. It's very clear. Crazy. And, uh, you know, shit's crazy. Shit's yeah. popping up, as the kids I say. think this is karma because I complained incessantly last year that so, we didn't get a. So specifically, I can blame you, Zach, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I complained that we didn't get a damn snow day. 
yeah. at all last year. Uh-huh. And now look at this. It ruins snow days forever. You're Nobody's ever going to snow days. Now we're on some fucked up timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the guy you can blame. You can put a face to the blame. It's me. It's fine. Yeah. Right. I'm right. going to take it. How's everybody else in the band been doing? I mean, I know you guys keep in close contact, but is everybody healthy and safe? And, yeah, yeah, everybody's okay. healthy. Luckily, everybody, you know, no family calamities or anything like that, which is the most important thing. And, you know, most of my friends are, are safe. All the guys in the band are great. You know, we, we took a couple months off of, of getting together in the same room. Um, but we a couple weeks back, we started rehearsing again, you know, safely. We have, like, a safe way to practice. We have, like, an, an airplane hangar that uh, okay. the studio's built into down down yeah, in the Asbury awesome. area. And uh, we rehearsed there. And then we have a place uh, up by me near East Rutherford that we rehearse. And, uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've, been, we've been getting back into it. You know, I've been coming up with a bunch of ideas, and we've been hitting it hard. We're, we're actually preparing right now for um, – we're going to do a Halloween live stream, and we'll be announcing kind of info on that. But we're doing a whole live costume, you know, Costume contest, costume party, stream concert. Now, uh, that that kind of brings me up to another thing. Then, so with the Facebook guidelines kind of changing, does that that kind of like throw a wrench into the plans for that? So my understanding now, granted, we're going to be streaming on. It's going to be a private platform. It's it's going to. Oh, be okay, that's good. That is but good. Yeah. My understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, was that when you actually there's there was a lot of clickbaity sort of articles going on about this this Facebook thing. But I think really what they're trying to do is crack down on um, not so much the performance of of music, but the DMC strikes for like people streaming like records, okay, you know, or yeah. like music on Spotify or something. Like mm-hmm. you, you just saw the same thing happen on Twitch recently, where they had these yep. massive DMC takedowns. Um, and and the way that works, it's totally algorithmic, and it's just going through it. There's no bad man. Like I know a lot of. I, we got a lot of messages saying like, "Why'd you flag our music on on Twitch?" And I'm like, dude, I've never even been on Twitch in my life. Uh, <laughs> no, no one's flagging your music. It's like an algorithmic thing from our distributor, from our record label, mm-hmm. and that's the case with most artists. Um, but I think that is more what they're. As far as I can tell, correct me if I'm wrong. If you read anything different, but as far as I can tell, that was that was my big takeaway from that. That it's more targeted uh against that sort of stuff it kind of is my understanding of the whole thing was basically um it had to do a lot with the djs because of the copyrighted music and basically what you just said like it's just copyrighted music that isn't really legal to be played and there are people that are allowed to make money off of twitch live streaming so therefore it's already you know it's already throwing everything into a funk so it's not helping anybody people make a killing off twitch man and and, um we have to you know people have to understand that like Man, artists are, are already essentially giving away their money, right? Mm-hmm. So then when, yeah. you know, or giving away their music, rather. Maybe giving away our money, too. It's kind of but, both. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's go with both. And But, you know, we're giving away the music already, and that's fine. That's sort of the direction where, you know, the market sort of decided that for us, that, like, people decided that music is not a commodity that we're going to pay for in the same way that we paid for, which is fine. You know, that's like society grows, things change. Um, but... There's got to be a fair way to compensate artists for when people are making money while using their their music. There just there has to be some sort of fair way. Um, with the live show that you guys are going to be announcing, uh, whenever oh, yeah. whenever that may be, whenever the end of date yeah. is, um, is Terraformer going to be more predominantly played through the live stream, or do you guys have um, other surprises? No, it, it's a pretty healthy mixture of everything. Um, oh, that's cool. And, and our whole kind of methodology behind that was that. You know, there's a lot of people around the world that it's just it's cost prohibitive for us to play in certain places, and, and it's going to be a while before we reach them. So we figured, 
let's give like a nice balanced set list for people who haven't had the opportunity to see us play live, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then we're also doing some fresh stuff. We're doing some like kind of funny medleys. Like we do this, these ridiculous medleys live of just songs that shouldn't go together. And um, so we'll, we'll do a bunch of those and, and we'll look ridiculous. And, and I think uh, people will enjoy it. We're actually do, we're doing it at uh, Backroom Studios with uh, Kevin and Tressian from Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh, let's go. Sick. Yeah, they're right down the road from you guys. Yeah, I, I, my good friends, uh, Sarah from With Sales Ahead, they recorded there and a couple other guys from the local music scene, too. So yeah, yeah, um, they're, really they're good guys. Cool. Yeah, really good guys. And uh, I've known Kevin for a while. And uh, so any any chance we get to work together, we always have a good time. Are you, are you are you a fan of Tim and Eric by any chance? The show. In general? I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Dude, I I find it, I kind of get that from your content with like how hilarious you guys are. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, you know what? I get I get just as much joy out of playing music as I do like trying to make people laugh at stupid shit. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, that, that, that's a you know that's a big part of our thing too. We yeah. we don't take ourselves too seriously. We take the music seriously, but not ourselves seriously. I mean, you guys definitely take the music seriously. It's it's not easy. Yeah, music that you guys are composing it's definitely complicated um complex rock prog ska like there's a lot going on in there because the process i'm sure like writing everything is this it's very detail oriented through the beginning well, yeah you know it's very yeah there's a lot of detail work in the in the orchestration and stuff you know we really always kind of go to town on the orchestration and that just came from a love of like older music that had that sort of thing going on you know yeah mm-hmm uh -huh. Yeah, uh, my friends in Covet, they also do the same thing. Like, they're huge fans of Tim and Eric, and they kind of, like, joke around. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have, I could tell some funny stories about kind of, um, I don't even know if, maybe we told this story once, so not a lot of people know this, so it could be kind of funny, but, so, for the, the Terraformer album cycle, we had, uh, we put out that infomercial, I don't know if you guys saw that with that naked old guy. <laughs> I, I guys saw my browser, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, there's kind of a story behind that. We, um, I came up with the idea that I wanted to do some kind of like cheesy infomercial for that record. Mm -hmm. And um, so we, we did like a Craigslist casting call to try to find like someone to host the infomercial. That's oh, always man. a great plan. Yeah. And we, we specifically said like we want like an older gentleman, you know, uh, you know, someone with a, a grandfatherly, you know, kind of look. And uh, nothing about nudity, though, just... Uh, but we met this, this guy and he was like, I'm, you know, I'm interested in, in this gig and he sent some headshots. He was really seemed like a perfect fit, and we're like, "Oh, this sounds great." The next message he sends us is is a really simple email that just says, "Is there nudity?" And we were like, uh, well, "Let's just ignore that and just kind of see how this plays out." So we, <laughs> we set up the time for him to come to do this shoot, and then, and then he sends us um, a picture of himself totally naked with nipple clamps on, and then, no. like, and then another, the next email he sent was him in like like a. T2 Judgment Day, kind of like nude in the street sort of pose. And, uh, All right. <laughs> and so we were like, yo, this is our dude. Uh, <laughs> that, so, that sold you. That was what sold you. He took 100%. Once I saw that, I'm like, this, this guy's got the gig. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, this dude, and he ended up being just a fantastic guy. You know, that when you meet a, a, a naked elderly person off Craigslist, <laughs> you can definitely go the wrong way. But as far as, uh, those kind of suspect encounters are concerned. Uh, it went pretty damn well. He was a really great guy, and he has since gone on to be in a couple of our videos. Like he's uh, playing keyboards in the party all the time video that we did. I saw that. Yeah. Also yeah. naked. Almost got kicked out of that studio for that. That's a whole oh, other. Oh my god. But uh, so anyway, 
if you've seen that infomercial, the other older gentleman, the co-host in the infomercial, is actually our drummer's dad, who didn't know that there was going to be a naked senior citizen from Craigslist there. <laughs> so you're seeing, so you're seeing his like honest reactions in, in that. So if you get a chance to watch it again, keep that in mind. But that's art. Um, yeah, that but we're always we're, we're into we're into the dumb content, you know. Surprise, <laughs> motherfucker! I'm naked. Yeah, we're all about it. Actually, um, like he disappeared, then he came back into the room and he was like fluffing himself. <laughs> And I was like, I, I was like, this dude is a, a consummate professional. Yeah, he's he's ready to act, dude. Like, he's done this before. This isn't his he's first rodeo. Right he's like a method actor. He's like De Niro. The camera's off. He's like, <laughs> he's a method joking. actor. Yeah, yeah. He's just so plays the role. Like Jim Carrey kept playing the role or something, or Heath Ledger exactly. keeps playing the role of the Joker. Method. It just keeps so, going. Oh, method. Totally method. Yeah, even in, <laughs> and even in your playthroughs too. Like towards the end of one of your playthroughs, it's like tuned it, uh, uh, tuned to beat. Um, what what does it say? It's like. Uh, Oh, like I get Eric Andre thing, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To be continued or something, and it's just like you just yeah. stare into the camera. Like, dude, I love that shit. After everything that's so intricate and like so like elegantly played, then it's just like, like. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I just here. Here's the thing. I can't be dishonest, and I am not like. Look at me. I'm a fucking dweeb. I'm not like. I'm not gonna be sitting in front of like a fan with my hair blowing while I'm guitar soloing. I'm. I'm not. I'm not that dude. Are right. All so, yeah. Uh, you know, I. I have to. Uh, I have to just be honest to myself and I don't take myself too seriously. So, uh, and I think, and I think the world can honestly use a dose of that more often, to be honest. I think sometimes people are just so serious in music and it's like, it's okay. It's wiggly air. We can be, we can be laid back about it. It's fine. <laughs> Did you ever, have you ever heard about, uh, what Jack Black talked about with Tenacious D when they asked him like, Hey man, like, are you ever going to like write a serious song? And he pretty much just goes, the same thing of what you said of just like everybody takes themselves too seriously and it's just like it kind of feels ridiculous at some point yeah it's, it's like you kind of lose yourself yeah exactly you're doing personally so much too i mean like you just started the unemployed with tamanda too like where yeah, you interview yeah. people like of your inspiration too like how's that been going like who who do you have uh coming up in the near future is it a lot it's of people that you've worked fun. with I, yeah. I, I'm like totally, I took a small break from it because I've just been so swamped with like, um, I'm in the process of buying a house amidst all this pandemic crazy. Oh, it's the best, um, isn't it? So God that, yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a huge transition and it's been taking up a lot of time trying to find the perfect place. But so I took a little break, but you know, I've had, I, I've been talking to some friends. I'm probably going to have Bumblefoot on Charlie Hunter, Vernon Reed, um, bunch of really cool guests just, you know. And, and it's not going to be specifically guitar players. It just happens. It just so happens I have a lot of guitar playing friends. Surprise. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we'll get there. And it's just kind of like a casual kind of thing. I'm, I'm not even like really pushing it. I don't even really like notify anybody that's there. It was something like that I, I said, you know, I'm just going to do something totally different because I, I'm always practicing music and kind of working on music. And sometimes it's nice to just like do something where there's, there's no, creative pressure at all you know mm -hmm. just do something real just just whatever just talk with my friends and put it out just build up some content and uh yeah so that's been going well who are like your your kind of like your your mount rushmore in terms of like for you of who you look up to in terms of uh just like your own playing style what inspired you uh my my mount rushmore would be ted nugent mm. little Wayne. <laughs> um, I was gonna Young say, Weasley, baby. Who was the one uh, Jonas brother who had that sick ass solo? Oh, Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas. Beautiful. Nick Jonas would be on there for sure. Okay, good. This is ultimate powerhouse uh, right now. And and I think the biggest 
head on my Mount Rushmore would go to uh, Fred Durst. There's an incredible Fred Durst guitar solo. Wow, over Ted Nugent. That's really intriguing, actually. Yeah, I mean, the Nugent's on there, but, you know, his, his politics almost made it so that uh, I banned him, but uh, he <laughs> <Okay>. made it. <laughs> 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 and I'm surprised insane. none of them have been president of the United States yet. That blows my mind too. Not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. We'll chisel God. them in, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm I'm writing in Nuge this year. That's I'm it. writing in Nuge. <laughs> I keep writing in Mickey Mouse, and that shit never shows up. It pisses me off. So bullshit. <laughs> Pat Metheny, um, Lenny Bro, Charlie Hunter, um. Bumblefoot. Uh, who else? I mean, Bumblefoot was like a teacher of mine when I was growing up, so he was he was like oh, really hugely influential, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe George Benson, probably. So you've you've kind of like shifted into a teaching role now, right? That's what you were doing today a little bit. Yeah, I've I've always been teaching since I was probably sixteen. I started teaching, and it's wow. just thing. Um, Something I love doing, um, you know, it's great for someone who tours. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's hard. You know, I'm a work when I'm not on tour with Thank You Scientists. I'm a freelance working musician. You know, just like anybody else, it's not like I just do Thank You Scientists and that's how I make a living. It'd be impossible. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I teach a lot of lessons. I play. I play on Broadway. I've, I was recently before the COVID thing. I was playing in the Tina Turner musical. Uh, wow, really? Uh, yeah, so I just started getting into Broadway stuff, and that's that's a fun new world. Um, that's a whole like lane I've really never even thought of. In turn, I mean, you're in the perfect area to do it if you're up in East Rutherford. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. So I, I'm just getting my foot in the door there, and that's nice because it's you know really high level musicians. And, oh yeah, and uh, kind of like high pressure scenario where you can't fuck up, which I I find really fun. Um, <laughs> And, uh, so that's cool. And I, uh, yeah, you know, I, I play weddings, I play at restaurants, I play jazz when people are eating pasta, you know, I do fucking <laughs> degrading shit like that. Um, <laughs> degrading shit. But, I uh, mean, that stuff's sometimes like the most fun environment though. Cause like, so intimate, yeah. oh, yeah, I, no, like, I, I kind of, I'm being silly, but yeah, I, I, I love music. If I didn't love music, I, there's there, certainly easier. There way. is something about playing at a place like where nobody gives a shit that you're there and like you you finally realize it you're like nobody's listening to me and then yeah. you can just kind of do whatever the fuck you want to do and just take yeah. a hardcore like 90 degree 180 degree uh, turn and just completely shift gears and just see what happens yeah yeah well you know the good news about any gig like that where it's more like a utility gig where you're sort of like musical wallpaper right <laughs> it, it, gives, it, gives you, it gives you kind of an opportunity to take risks because no one's really listening, right? But take r risks in front of an audience, you know, get used to that sort of. Um, it was really helpful for me to be playing a lot of gigs um, just to lose the safety net, like, uh, and, and just be comfortable with improvising in front of people, be comfortable making mistakes and not things not being perfect and, and being okay with that. And, uh, so that, you know, those, those gigs can be really valuable. So I'm, I'm not poo-pooing on those gigs at all. They're actually really good. But yeah, it's totally all in how you use them. You know, sort of that like no pressure scenario. You can sort of really push and try things. And, you know, it's a good opportunity for me to try things that uh, I'm working on in my practice, you know, in a, in a real life scenario that's like, 
you know, I'm not going to get fired. No one's going to spit out their pasta. And- <laughs> if I play some lick and I fuck up, right? But yeah. <laughs> Do you prefer gigs, uh, different gigs over the other? Like, for example, like if it had, if you had to choose between a like couple month long tour or a couple festivals in between, like do you do you prefer other shows? in general i've asked this a lot and usually I, musicians say it doesn't matter just give me a gig and i'm playing like well i definitely I, I will tell you this i definitely prefer smaller gigs to larger gigs only because i feel like and this is because this might be just because thank you scientist is not like exactly a high-tech sort of band we're very old school even compared to the bands we tour with like we, we're not like on in-ears we're not on a click like we don't have tracks we don't have you know we're just very low tech we're like we're like an old school band just like we're in a room Plug and play and uh so with that respect i feel like it's a lot easier for us to play a small room where we where like i can hear the sound coming off my amp i don't need to hear my guitar through a wedge or something like that um i feel like we just play better dynamically in that kind of scenario because we're really feeling the air move and and and, you know being really connected dynamically uh and that's important for us because we you know we'll fuck around we'll improvise we'll you know do goofy shit. We always, you know, you might catch little musical jokes in our set, you know, like, <laughs> you know, we always try to see how many times we can fit the drum fill from smooth and the melody from smooth, like into, you know, we just have like dumb, like gimmicks that we do, but yeah. like all shit like that, that, uh, you know, we play off each other in a funny way and it keeps things fresh. And, um, so that, I mean, that, that aspect of her playing is much easier to do in, a, in sort of a smaller club setting and not like a large, you know, large room kind of setting. With that said, I, I do love the opportunity of playing fr- in front of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, the last time I heard you guys play was uh, the Stone Pony Summer Fest or the Stone Pony uh, Summer Stage where you guys uh, were opening up for Coheed. That was a huge show, dude. That was a pretty big yeah, show. Yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was a fun one. That was actually Cody's first show with the band. Um, so that was oh, a pretty... Really? Trial by fire, yeah. It's like oh, he was probably shouldn't. Join our band. He learned our shit. He recorded on Stranger Heads Prevail, and then we had our first gig together. It was like in his hometown, in front of like five thousand people or however many people were out there. It was crazy, yeah. and uh, yeah, that was a trial by fire. I remember he was he was so nervous. And, oh, uh, I would be but, too. So right after that show, I don't know if you caught. We did like an after party afterwards, where my like my fusion band played right across the street, like after a Coheed set, and we played for like two or three hours just doing like jazz and funk standards and stuff like that. Nice. And, uh, so that, that was a real fun night. Um, but yeah, I remember Cody just immediately when our set was done, he's like, I'm going to go get drunk because I have to, <laughs> I'm so relieved that this nightmare is over. <laughs> His whole hometown, all 5,000 people yeah. just watching yeah, him play. Like such, a, such a sigh of relief for him when, when we finished our set. That's so cool. Um, and, and dude, honestly, like, and I, I love Coheed just as much as anybody else does. Um, I mean, there's a lot more hardcore fans than me out there. I wouldn't consider myself a hardcore fan. Uh, but the, the Facebook group, Coheed and Cambria fans, they love you guys. Like, when they have a band that they're interested in, they just go nuts and bananas for you guys or any other bands that they like. Um, I think they were praising Polyphia when they first went on tour with Coheed. Um, but they're, they're always anxiously uh, waiting for something for thank you so yeah, to do yeah, or tour, that, which is that cool. Whole gang, that whole gang has been really super kind to us, um, which is really cool, you know, because it could go either way. You tour with a big band and, yeah. you know, if the opening, the audience, you know, generally doesn't want to give the opening band a chance, right? They just want to get there, hear what they came to hear. And, um, yeah, but they were, uh, they were actually really kind of inviting, you know, and I, I think, you know, being on Claudio's label certainly, certainly, uh, you know, made their audience probably more receptive to what we do. Yeah. Because I, I think 
we get compared to Kohi a lot, but I think the comparison is real surface level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of the vocals, I think musically what we do is pretty different. So, um, yeah, it was cool to see them really dig it that much, you know? Yeah. How did that say, relationship start? That, that's a long story. So, you know, Claudio has this comic book company. Yeah. Uh, the Evil Armor Wars, yeah. Yeah, and he decided he wanted to start a label. And it just so happens that one of the guys, Adrian, who works for the comic company, um, said, uh, hey, I've been listening to this band a lot. I found him on Reddit. You might dig it. And I guess Claudio really got into the album. He was listening to it like every day in his morning runs. Uh, Maps of non-existent places is what I'm talking about, that, that record. Mm-hmm. And um, he just got super into it. And uh, when he decided he was going to start a label, he's like, well, why don't, why don't I sign that Thank You Scientist band? So we were playing a show in Brooklyn, April Fool's Day. And the promoter got a call from Claudio and she thought it was like an April Fool's joke. He's like, get, <laughs> yeah, great day for that. Guest list for the Thank You Scientist show. And, uh, and we thought it was one of our friends fucking around, but the promoter's like, do you want me to just put him on? I'm like, yeah, sure. And it just so happens, you know, we're playing and there he is in the crowd. It's he came problem, to check it out. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of, kind of the start of, uh, our relationship with them. And yeah, that's how, that's how it began. Yeah, with the vocals too. I mean, Salvatore is definitely like within his range too. I can see the comparison. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, musically, it's like that, completely different. That, yeah, he's got that high tenor voice, and I think that's like the surface level comparison. But even, you know, Sal is coming from a, they have similar timbre. Sal comes from a little different place. You know, he's got a little more R&B kind of Michael Jackson sort of thing going on. Yeah. You know? But oh, there's yeah. there's def- there's definitely a, a, a similarity. I don't mean. Uh, Michael Jackson, like in terms of his predilections, I uh, in terms of his. Oh, uh, thank God you made that clear because I yeah. was really getting concerned. That's why I wanted to clarify that. Really. <laughs> thank goodness. Oh, jeez. We don't need any more cancellations in this. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to get Sal canceled. No, <laughs> let's let's not do that. Um, no, that's that's great though. Um, I want to see. So with with going back to like how you guys with the writing process, I mean, how how does that initially start? Because like most of your average bands, when it's like, let's say four members, like two guitar players, bass and drums and one of them singing. Let's just like go with that. Um, usually someone's writing uh, like a basic structure to a song and then people add little licks over top of it or they just structure it in one person's mind and then everybody else kind of contributes. Like how with, with the brass section, your violinist you like how do you guys really collaborate on getting songs done in order like how does that process work for you guys well every song is kind of different you know there's been songs where like i mean in the early days of the band i used to score pretty much everything and bring in sheet music Mm. um that's changed a lot over the years although there there have been songs still like that um but they're few more few and far between but basically, nowadays, it's just like each, you know, not specifically just me, but, you know, each band member will come up with an idea or a loose structure and, you know, bring in some, bring in some music. And, uh, and then as a group, we kind of fine tune it and we all add our two cents and we flesh out the arrangement and, and you know, it kind of goes from there. But every, you know, every song is sort of a little different. So there's, there's no steadfast rule. And I think that's important because uh, you want the process to be a little different because you want the results to be just a little different each time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like FXMLDR is like eight minutes long and it's fantastic. And then you have other songs that are on the album. It's like, you know, uh, like yeah. three minutes, four minutes on average. Yeah, very short. 
Yeah. 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 We have a couple short ones on there. It's certainly a lot of work. Um, but you know, part of it is just like, you know, the guys in, in the band are my best friends. We love spending time together. So that's, what, yeah. what, what better way to spend time together than just challenge ourselves and, and try to push ourselves. You know, that's, a, that's the one thing that is really important to me, apart from just making music and touring and, you know, getting it in front of people. It's just like, I, I want to keep on growing in the music. You know, I never want to like, just make something to make, to make it. I always want it to be like, just pushing and learning you know, kind of growing sort of thing that, that, that aspect is, is super important to me because, you know, ideally I'm not in the same place as I was five years ago as a musician. Right. So I, I, I yeah. want, and I, and I want to keep that trend sort of going, you know, the moment I feel like it'd be a very unexciting day when I just sort of stop pushing, you know, for, for new shit. So that, that's, you know, that, that sort of drive has always been a part of what we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even with your individual work too, you're, you're striving for uh, more creativity, like with Ditch Tickler. And you have like a donation that you're doing for the first week of sales of color of change.org. Um, what is that about? I, I'm curious because I want to oh, know okay. like, well, what that's for. So Ditch, Ditch Tickler. What uh, a great name, by the way. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> that was like literally, I just do these comedy songs like totally as a joke, like just to make my friends laugh. And, <laughs> and, and um, usually they're like kind of like, like, sleazily sexy kind of r&b smart mm. thing and um pedals yeah it's it's totally totally just kind of a joke but i decided during COVID, you know because i i have like i have like so many more of those dumb songs that i just whenever i finish one i'll just throw it up on the band camp but i just decided let me just start putting these out um I, you know i'm also working on more serious like solo music i'm, I'm writing like kind of a jazz fusion sort of trio record um, which I hope to finish within the year. I've been writing it on and off for a long time, but I, I just get so preoccupied with Thank You Scientists and just other gigs that it always sort of falls away. So I'm, I'm trying to get that done, but uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot more Ditch Tickler stuff coming, just like f- funny, dumb kind of <laughs> kind of shit. But uh, yeah, the Color of Change thing was just, um, you know, it was at the height of the kind of Black Lives Matter kind of explosion sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I just sort of kind of picked a charity that, that I thought was doing good stuff. And I, and I just wanted to show some solidarity. And, um, because I lost like, you know, over a year of work, I wasn't exactly in the, in the, uh, position to donate, you know, a bunch of money on my own. So I just figured, well, why don't I, uh, I'll put out some song and if if people like it, you know, I'll, I'll give all the proceeds away. Um, you know, I just felt like it was the right thing to do something, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, instead of uh, nothing. No, that's really appreciative. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, even if it's a small dent, you know, I just, I just feel like at least I contributed a little, so that that makes me feel better. But, um, yeah, yeah, that that was the deal with that. I think that went well. I think Ben did the same thing. Ben did like a string arrangement of a an Alcest song and a dissection song. He's been doing a lot of like string quartet black metal arrangements, and so he was donating um, the proceeds as well to uh one of those bail relief fund charities at the time and uh yeah yeah you know just trying trying to be good citizens you know yeah try to take care of each other that's all we're trying to do in this time in the time and age i mean we're not going to be out there like trapped or or smash mouth fucking ruining it for everybody but you know yeah Yeah, yeah, it's nice to see that you'll be on the right side of history when you look back at this (laughs) because yeah yeah you know it's like I, i i do feel like there's sort of you know as much as political lines try to try to divide us, I feel like there's a 
sort of common ethic that we can all get behind is just like uh, we got to live together. We're all people. Let, let's let's just try to make it work. You know, mm-hmm. let, let the people who are struggling up the best we can, and uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah, I feel you. Um, I don't want to keep you up, to, uh, hold you up too much because of the fact that it is also your birthday, and I'm sure that you want to, you know, take the rest of the day off, and you've already given us us, us enough time to come on and talk to us and stuff. So, um, cool. we're gonna we're gonna let you sign off, man. I I really appreciate it, Thanks dude. A bunch. Yeah, I had a fun time chilling. You guys take care. Yep. Nice talking to you. Happy birthday. Enjoy the rest. I of your appreciate day, you, right? brother. Hey, I'll keep guys, in touch. Keep safe out there and keep on keeping yeah. on. Okay. Yeah. See you, man.